Hey, good morning, church. Wow, lots of stuff going on this morning, huh? Really? That's all I got? Did you guys not just hear what just happened? Yeah. I am excited. Yeah, I got a brick. Someone just said, uh-oh, no, calm down. I'm excited in a good way. There's a reason for this. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Scott, for allowing me to say a little something about Kutztown. But I want to put it in a little bit of context for all of you so you can understand my excitement. You see, I felt like, I felt like Ralphie sitting there on Christmas morning getting my Red Rider BB gun like, I've been waiting for this forever. And, and let me just first say, listen, it ain't about a building. It is about Jesus Christ. It will always be about Jesus Christ. And the building is simply a tool that God allows us to use. So let me make that very clear. Listen, we've done church outside. We've done church in a tent. We've done church in a school. We've done church in a lot of places. So it's not the building, but we're thankful that God has set us up for this. So there's a lot of thank yous I need to give. But first, let me explain the brick. I believe we serve a God of promises. And it was about five years ago that Pastor Scott and I had a conversation. See, I was very content where I was at GT. I was doing men's ministry. I was in adult ministry. I was having a, I was comfortable where I was at, but Pastor Scott messed that all up with a conversation. When he said, Eric, we've been praying and, and we would like to, to ask you to pray and your family to, to lead this Kutztown campus. And I'll be very honest, for me, it was like, no, thank you. I'm good. Honestly, I am good where I'm at. I love what I do. I'm, I'm good. I know. And I went home and spoke to Marlene and she was like, when are we going? And I'm like, no, no. And uh, it's, it's long. I'd love to share it sometime, but I, I want to preach because I got a good word too. Long story short, it was a few weeks after I felt the Lord uh, just provoke me and prompt me to do something. And so I called a good friend who worked at Glen Gary and I said, I need about a hundred brick. And he asked, well, what are they for? And I explained and he said, come over and get them. Won't cost you a thing. And that weekend, at the time, my 11-year-old son and I were in my cold garage, February, and we were stamping on 100 bricks, one letter at a time, GT Church. Because I was going to give those bricks to every person that attended that campus the next morning. Because God had given me a promise that one day, Eric, this campus won't be in this school. If you do what I've called you to do and you be faithful in obedience, you will have a permanent building. I want to tell you what, it was risky. Because I'm like, is that just me or is that really the Lord? And I felt it was really the Lord and I gave everybody a brick. And I know there's bricks all throughout Berks County and Lehigh County. And there's one that sits at my house, this one. What I need you to do is I need you to pray for that campus. I need you to pray for this campus also. The world has never needed Jesus so badly, right? We've been through a lot this last year. People need the hope of Jesus Christ. And we have amazing opportunity to be able to do that. But can I tell you, we got the enemy's attention this morning when we made those announcements. 
So you need to pray, church. You need to pray for all these transitions and things happening. To me, it's exciting, but it's a little scary. But I know if it's God's will, it will prevail. And God's word will be preached. So you don't have to worry about the brick. That's it with the brick. I'm not throwing it. I'm not doing anything else, okay? I want to get into the word this morning. Last two weeks, we've talked about what is real. Pastor Brian talked about um, spirituality last week. Pastor Scott talked about beauty. And today, they gave me kind of the hot button item, freedom, right? And I got to tell you, I really struggled putting this sermon together. I, I really struggled. Because I feel in this last year, we've been hearing a lot about freedom and, 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 and it's being taken away and people feeling all kinds of different things. And, and you even bring the word up and people get all crazy and upset. And I want to tell you what, I live in the greatest country in the world. You'll never make me believe different. America is the greatest country. We're the most free country in America. But that's not the freedom I'm going to talk about today. And so what I like to do when I write sermons, I like to talk to different people. And so I simply ask the question, what is freedom to you? What is freedom to you? Online, I want you to put in the chat because we have pastors and chat hosts and and put it in the chat. What is freedom to you? I want you to put it down. I'm interested to see that later on. What is freedom? What is freedom? Here's the answers I got. Freedom, do what I want to do. I won't tell you that that was my daughter, but maybe it was. No one telling me what to do. Go wherever I want to go. Freedom of religion. Freedom of speech. And the last one, I'm not ruled by anything I don't want to be. It's a very articulate answer. I won't say that was Pastor Scott, but maybe it was. So interesting, these are all correct. All correct. I'm sure there's even more. But what I realized by, by asking this question is there's lots of thoughts and opinions to freedom. And so today we have, to, we have to do the right thing this morning. We have to ask the Lord to clear our minds and clear our thoughts and make way for him to work in our lives this morning. Can we do that? God, I just pray this morning that you will calm our spirits this morning, that you will give us clarity this morning, that we can open our hearts and our minds to you, Holy Spirit, for what you have specifically for us, God. I need you to change us this morning. I need and believe that you are going to set people free in a big way in the name of Jesus Christ. And the church said, amen. Now I'm going to do what's very easy for me to do. I'm going to use myself as an example. Because I make a lot of bad decisions and I have in the past. And when you're a pastor, life, God gives you these crazy things that happen in your life. And I use them for sermon illustrations. So I'm going to go way back in time because I'm old. So I'm going to go back to my teenage years. And I remember as a teenager, you get to that 15 and 16 and life starts getting real. And and you get a car and you get some freedom. And I remember thinking, I can't wait to move out. Now, let me just stop. My mom is here, right here. And she's an awesome mom. And she's always been an awesome mom. 
And it was my brother and I who were terrible sons, just terrible. So it's not because my mom made it hard. It's because my brother and I made it hard, all right? So give it up for my mom here in the front row. Very patient mom. But I remember, I, I, just, I just want to do what I want to do. I don't want to make my bed anymore. I don't want to do the dishes. I just don't want to do what she tells me to do. I want to be free, free, right? And well, that day happened. I moved out early age. I was 18, had my first home. Like it was amazing. It, tiny little home, very tiny, but it was mine. But I learned quickly. I learned really quickly that having freedom without a conscience can be very cruel, cruel to others. To be free at the expense of other people's rights isn't freedom. You're a bully and you're selfish. And that was me because it was all about me. It was all about my freedom. I could do whatever I want now. And I realized quickly that I used my freedom to actually become a prisoner of my choices. Let me say that again, because that's deep. I used my freedom to actually become a prisoner of my choices. Now, let me give you an illustration. Let me give you an illustration so you can understand, because that's really deep. And I know you're going to get that at three o'clock and you may text me like, hey, Pastor Eric, I finally got that. That was deep. So let me help you. You all probably got one of these on you, right? Cell phone. Amazing invention. Because there was a time we didn't have these. Think, just think about that. Now, if you're old like me, that is. If you're young, you've, you don't know anything but a cell phone. But that wasn't me. You didn't have a cell phone. You had pay phones. Forget it. You don't even understand what that is. So this thing, I can pay my bills. I can buy a plane ticket. I can, I can do almost anything from this cell phone. It's amazing. These cell phones have given us a freedom, right? A freedom to do amazing things. You can Google, you can pull up your, your Bible. You, you can do pretty much anything with your phone. But here's what's interesting. Did you ever have, and I have one here, it just popped up. Did you ever have a notification pop up and it says screen time? I got you. Because I know what you all do. Swipe up. You don't even want to look at it. You don't even want to look at it. Because if you looked at it, you'd be like, four hours and 44 minutes? No way. That thing's not right. Really? You can, you can do whatever you want on that phone. All of a sudden, it's not right. Because you stare at your phone all the time. Here's my point. This incredible thing that's been given to, to set us free, give us freedom to do a lot of things has you enslaved. Honey, this is where it gets quiet. This is where it gets quiet. Now, if you think your phone's wrong, why don't you give it to your spouse or the person sitting next to you and let them take a look at it. How many things have you searched up yet today? Where were you on it last night? Okay, I'm just gonna stop there because you know I'm right. So, I haven't answered the question, what is freedom? Well, in order to experience freedom or have freedom, you need to be bound by something. There needs to be an opposing force that you need freedom from. I know, I'm just, pick me up this morning, right? We were doing good, we got all this good news, and now I'm like beating you up a little bit. I'm just trying to put it in context for you. 
Three simple points this morning. Three simple points. The text this morning is from John. We've been reading the book of John. I hope you've been reading the, the book of John. You can get notifications on your phone to read the book of John. Just saying. Just saying. And you can be accountable with somebody else. Just leave it there. So we have the words of Jesus, the red letter words of Jesus in John 8. And what you have to realize, put this in context, in John 7, we just had that amazing story or the beginning of John 8 of of the adulterous woman and and the the Pharisees and the religious people ready to to stone her and she was set up. So, So we have a pretty intense moment that Jesus is coming out of. And, and now Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, some Jews. He's talking to a big crowd. And I want you to read the story yourself because I, I pick it apart a little bit, but I don't have the time to do the whole thing. But, but here's, here's the scenario. Jesus is having a confrontation with the Jews, God's chosen people. And so Jesus said, I'm reading it now, starting at verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if... Now there's a moment of decision. You have your freedom to make a decision. When, when the sentence starts with if, you, need a, you have a choice to make. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. All right. All right. I got to abide in your word and I'm truly your disciple. I get it. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free. Put it in the chat. The truth will set you free. The truth. It's Jesus, not your truth, not society's truth, not the cultural truth, not your descendants' truth. And we're going to get to that because this is what they said back to him. They said to him, well, we, and I I see a little snarkiness in this. We are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone which is a complete lie. They have uh, amnesia. Let's go back to Exodus and check it out. You were totally enslaved. I'll get to that in a minute. How is it, this is what they say to Jesus, how is it you say, we become free? So they didn't like that. That rubbed them the wrong way. Like, how dare you? We are descendants of Abraham. Do you know who, like, are you kidding me? And Jesus said to them, this is not what I would have said. I'll tell you what I would have said. But this is what Jesus says. Truly, truly. Now, when you see that in the Bible, if Jesus repeats something, basically saying, listen up. Hey, hey, pick your phone up. Uh, don't look at your screen time. I know some of you are looking at your screen time now. Listen, that's what he's doing. Truly, truly. I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave. Ooh, it's getting thick in there. To sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now, I'm going to stop, but that story continues and the interaction continues and it gets tense. And anybody who thinks the Bible is boring, you need to keep reading that story because by the end of the chapter, these Jews have stones in their hand wanting to kill Jesus. So the conversation starts with tension and ends with them wanting to murder him. Here's my bottom line. Write this down. Simple. Real freedom is found in forgiveness. Real freedom is found in forgiveness. 
Here's the three points. Feelings will not set you free. Your feelings will not set you free. I mean, can, can you really trust your feelings? Throw in a little emotions in there too. Can you really make, I, I counsel people and I'm not a counselor, but I try to give good biblical advice. And, and when people are going through big things in their life, one of the first things I say is, listen, please, please don't make life-changing decisions right now. You're too emotional. There's too many feelings involved. This could alter your life. Just calm down, pray, seek God. Don't make a big decision. Can you really, can we trust our feelings? Because when that dude's tailgating me down 222, the feelings I have are not good. And if I act on those, my wife will be really upset with me. You may have to bail me out. So just because I feel or they feel like they're free doesn't mean I am. Doesn't mean I am. The Jews are challenging Jesus. They feel like they're free. So Jesus' comeback is, uh, or their comeback is, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it you say we become free? Pastor Brian touched on it last week where he says, I don't care what your granddaddy, your daddy thought. Your faith is your faith. You can't lean on somebody else. Your faith needs to be your faith. So here's my comeback. Really? Hey, Hey guys, you know that right now, as we have this conversation, that the Romans have the total authority over everything and their foot is on our necks. You think you're not enslaved right now? We are under the, the, the Roman empire right now. We're not, none of us are free. Are you kidding? That would have been my comeback. And also would have said, oh really? How about we visit some Old Testament? How about we go to the book of Exodus and, and Egypt? Do you remember that? You're pretty enslaved. So to be telling me that you're not enslaved is completely not true. I am who I am this morning because of my faith in Jesus Christ, not my wife's faith or not anyone else's faith. I am free indeed because of my faith in Jesus Christ, not because of anybody else. Sitting in those chairs does not set you free. Coming to church does not set you free. Reading the Bible will not set you free. Although those things are good and we need to do those, it is your faith in Jesus Christ that will truly set you free. I'm preaching now. Preaching now. We're all one prayer away. Online, if you are sitting home and you are enslaved or you are in bondage to something, I want to tell you in your house this morning, you're one prayer away. Sitting in here, you're one prayer away. One prayer away from real freedom. Real freedom, again, is found in forgiveness. Real freedom is found in forgiveness. Point number two, faith sets you free. Faith sets you free. I got a couple verses. I'm gonna go right through these pretty quickly. Faith in, faith in Jesus as the true son of God and savior of the world is what sets us free. Jesus' words again to these Jews. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. 
and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I love when Jesus says, you will. Not maybe, not could be, not I'll think about it tomorrow. You will be free. Who does not want to be free? Jesus reiterates it to his disciples, Passion Week, John 14. Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one, no one, not Abraham's descendants, not Moses' descendants, It says, no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus. There is one way. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians following Christ, he reminds them, the Ephesian church, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. Paul, again, to the Corinthian church who's, who's starting to go off the rails here. He says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The apostle Peter, 1 Peter 2, 16 and 17. This one is, this one, boy, I read. Live as people who are free. Using, not, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Man, where are we at today? Society is confused. We call evil good, good evil, and we don't know. And if it floats your boat and whatever you think and whatever, and that creates chaos. These words are so relevant today. And he goes on to say, but living as servants of God. Living as, do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Remember one of the biggest hurdles for me in making that decision of faith as an 18-year-old really messed up, really selfish kid was thinking, I don't know, man. I got to live by these do's and they don'ts. I got to do this. I can't do that. I got to do this. And, and, and I was stuck. I thought, where's the freedom in that? I, wanna, I just want to be able to do what I want. And that was religion, not relationship. See, that's the biggest difference in what we believe as born-again believers of Jesus Christ. I don't follow man-made rules. I don't follow religion. I follow Jesus Christ, who I have a relationship, who loves me, who has set me free. And why wouldn't I want to follow somebody who has set me free because he loves me and he has the best for me so I can trust him and I know that he has my best interest in mind. And so now I truly am free. And I remember that moment at the altar. Oh, I miss altar time. We'll be back there. I know we will. And I remember, I'm telling you, when I got up from that altar and I made that decision of faith in Jesus Christ, I felt free for the first time as a human being. I felt free. I felt free from the bondage of drugs and alcohol and sin and all the things I didn't even know I was enslaved to. I was free. That is what real freedom is. Because here's the deal. We are all born in bondage. Every single one of us is born in bondage. 
It's called sin. It's every single one of us. We are born with a sin nature. That is what we need to be freed from. Every single one of us. That is what real freedom is. And it's only until you accept Jesus Christ that you experience freedom. Freedom. And I remember as a kid walking out of that church thinking, I live, I live for one person now. And his name's Jesus. And I don't have to worry what my friends think of me anymore. And I don't have to act a certain way in this group of friends. I am truly free for the first time in my life to do what is right. But people think, man, if I follow Jesus, I, uh, it's gonna, the best years of my life happened after 18. Jesus has always been there. He's never let me down. He's always been there in time. It's freedom. That's true freedom. Here's the last point. Real freedom can be free, but let me say quickly, it's free for you and me, but it wasn't free for Jesus. Soon we're gonna celebrate Easter and Good Friday. It wasn't free for Jesus. He had to go up on a cross. He had to get beaten, sinless, perfect. And he was nailed to a cross. No freedom there. He was nailed to a cross so we could be set free. That is real freedom. Jesus gave up his freedom so we could be free. Listen, you can't write a check big enough. You can't do enough good works. You can't memorize the Bible. You cannot work your way or earn your way to Jesus. You don't have to because the Bible tells me it is a free gift. Here's the good news. For the wages of sin is death. Not that, that's awful. We all are born with that. But the free gift of God is eternal life in our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 6, 23. John 4, 10, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift, talking to the Samaritan woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is you give, uh, uh, who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and you would have been given living water. Just ask, it's free. It's free. I wanna do one more illustration before we close. Brad and Rebecca, are going to reprise a song, I Am Found. Words are powerful. I don't know if you missed them or you just sang them this morning, but I Am Found. And so I want to do one of the, the riskiest illustrations I've ever done. Honey, I may need your help up here. Now, I was going to ask, do these look familiar to anybody? But y'all be like, no. No, never seen those before. Well, I have. Full disclosure, okay? If you want to know the story, I'll make it very short. I was 16 and I made a bad decision, all right? And I was introduced to these things. And these are the real deal. I have some police officer friends. I'm like, man, can you get me some handcuffs? Yeah, what do you want to use them for? I'm like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them on my wrist. I said, you have the keys? Like, yeah. He said, well, you know, um, it, it, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. I'm like, well, thanks for the encouragement. He said, number one, make sure you put them on right. So that's why I'm looking down and not looking at you right now. But a lot of times, people walk around like this. There's something that's handcuffing you. Here's the interesting thing. I can function like this. I can go through my notes. 
I could use my telephone, honey, bail me out, whatever. Right? I could eat. I could function like this. But it's a dysfunctional freedom. And here's the crazy thing. Crazy thing. I can't explain it. The more familiar we come with something, the more we deal with it every day, it just becomes familiar. And we just kind of give into it. It is what it is. I guess I'm, I'm always going to be this way or I was born this way or people tell me I'm this way. And, and, and you walk around handcuffed. Or maybe you've done it to yourself. Maybe online you're sitting on your couch and you're not feeling so good because of some decisions you made last night. And you are bound by some things that have just got you so enslaved. You don't know how to get free. And you walk around in handcuffs. And I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus can set you free because he is the key. And there's only one key that was made to release these handcuffs. And there is only one key to release you from the bondage of sin. And his name is Jesus. You all have keys in your pocket. None of them will open these. It's this one. It's this one. And what's amazing, it's free. Why wouldn't I open these? Why do I not want to be set free? It's, it's simple. All I got to do is open it. And Jesus said, all you have to do is believe in me. And you'll be free. So here's the invitation. And I want to encourage you with something. This is not my notes, but I want to encourage you with something. I, I'm going to try and say this correctly. I don't want to whatever, whatever, but, but I really feel I, I, I need to say this. Church is never closed. We know that. But we've been limited to be able to come and we had to close and all of that. We're open. You can come here on a Sunday morning because maybe you're familiar with just staying home and catching it online and I get it and I want you to be safe and please don't feel as this is not condemnation. Don't, it is not, it is not, it is not, it is love. It's love, love, love. But I've talked to a lot of people who have since come back in the building and they're like, it feels so good to be around others, to worship around others. Like there's, there's something powerful here. Listen, online, please. Please, online, don't take that wrong. I love you, I love, and I say this because I love you. I, I get familiar with things, and, and, and I get that, I get that. But we are here for you, and Jesus can meet you on your couch. I get it, I get it. But there is something, there is something about coming together as believers in a group and worshiping and praising and hearing the word and being together. Hebrews talks about it, come on. All right, here's the call. Because we want to worship. We want to worship. And when they get louder, that means I need to stop talking. And I appreciate that. I've been around a while. I know how it works. I like that. The invitation is, do you want to be set free this morning? Maybe you're a first-time believer in Jesus Christ. Online, it's this simple. Hit the button. Raise your hand online. There are people waiting to chat with you and walk you through what that means. Don't wait for tomorrow. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. Be set free today. And here's the other call. For you in the room, I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. This is what I call God time. Absolutely no pressure. I want you to hear the voice of God this morning. 
Maybe you came here, maybe you are brand new this morning and you never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is your day. You are one prayer away and I'm gonna simply count to three and all you gotta do is raise your hand. That's it. It's by faith we believe. So if that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand on three. One, come on, moment of decision. Everybody's cheering you on. Heaven is cheering you on. Not two. Raise it high so I can see it. I'm gonna pray for you. Three, anybody, first time. First time this morning. I think I see a young person over here with their hand raised. Dad's saying yes. Come on, give it up for her. Give it up for her. Yes. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. All together, young lady, young lady, we're going to pray with you. I want you to just repeat it with me, young lady. This is the greatest day of your life. You are starting day one, and we are so proud of you. And I think your parents are going to take you out for an amazing lunch and buy you an ice cream sundae and all those amazing things because they're so proud of you. Here we go. Church, I want you to repeat after me. Here we go. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins thank you God for taking my place to give me freedom to free me from my sins thank you Jesus for raising from the dead after the third day dear Jesus I am a new creation in Christ help me to live for you the rest of my days in Jesus name give it up for her this morning give it up for her this is what I want to happen now as we sing this song listen don't come to the altar I would love that but we don't do that so please don't do that don't do that but all in the Bible when God does something special in somebody's life wherever they are is the altar So I want you to stand this morning. And if you need to be freed from something this morning, I want you to give it to God. I want you to raise your hands as we sing this song. Come on, let's sing it together. I am found. I am free. I belong, belong to you. I am loved. I believe. I belong.
one time, sing this out. I am found. I am free. I belong, belong to you. I am loved. I believe. I belong, belong to you. I am found. I am found. I am free. I declare I am loved, I believe, I belong, belong to you. Come on, let's live as free people. Come on, let's live as free people in Jesus Christ. You tell the enemy he's a liar. You tell him he's a liar, that you are free, that you are free indeed. Let's live as free people. Let's go out there and make a difference. Let's share what the Lord has done for us. There are so many others that need to be freed in Jesus Christ. And it's up to you and me to be those messengers this morning. God, I thank you once again for an amazing morning, Lord God. It ain't over. You ain't done. God, I pray you continue to be with us. Give us good conversations on the way home. Give us good conversations around the dinner table. Give us good conversations at work tomorrow and with our neighbors. May it always be about you, Jesus. The world desperately needs you right now, God. So use your free people to do that. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Come on. Have a seat. Have a seat. I know. I know. I want to charge out into that. Thank you so much, Pastor Eric, for such a great message. I hope you all feel encouraged and motivated to lean into what the word says is real freedom. If you'd like to dive even deeper into Pastor Eric's message from today, I invite you to join us for this week's episode of our Growing Together series. You can watch this with us on Facebook and YouTube or listen on our GT Church podcast this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We've got a lot of things happening here at GT Church, and we don't want you to miss out on any of it. You can stay connected with GT Church all week long by following us on social media everywhere at GT Church Online. You can also download our GT Church app. It's a great resource and you can find everything you need there. Again, don't forget to join us for Pastor Eric's Growing Together episode this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Have a great rest of your week, church.